2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free
1: shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com
2: slash style. It's Slave Nation Radio. And guess what, folks? Yes. Training camp time. I'm Ryan. He's Shane. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, after seemingly weeks and months of Shane and I talking about any number of non active hockey topics. Uh, we talked about movies. We talked about food. We talked about our feelings briefly, both on and off air. We have feelings, I'm told. Uh, and now the feeling that we're both feeling is amped up for training camp. How about that for a segue? Uh, as always, we're delivered to you at flame station Radio by our good friends at DoorDash and also presented by Eau Distilleries, Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. And uh, it was an interesting. It, we, we had the, the season opening press conference uh, with Bradshaw Living this afternoon around noon hour. Uh, Brad was in a good mood. I think uh, he said, We'll see a lot because it's, you know, by my count, there's, uh, we'll, we're going to go through the roster later on. But uh, of the 44 players as of right now under active NHL contracts, 12 of them weren't with the Flames last year at training camp. And so if you're Brad True Living and you're thinking, How is the team going to look? His answer was Shane. We'll see. And yeah, yeah, like what do we think we know about the hockey club right now? Uh, They have the two same goaltenders from last year who will be in the same role. Their third string goaltender, Dustin Wolf, also in the same role. Uh, Danil Chechulev will be in the coast again. He'll be in the same role. And then for forwards and for defense, there's, you know, who knows? And I think
3: that's, that's going to make it a very interesting few weeks here. A lot of new faces. That's the kicker. A lot of new faces, a lot. Uh, there's no real, like the only line that returns from last year completely 100% intact was the match back on Coleman line. That was so good. And we don't even know if they'll be together yet. You know, it, in, in, in the words of uh, Brad, we'll see. Like, like it's, we're gonna to have to let this stuff start to play out, but I mean it doesn't we can at least talk about who's here, right? Like who's at camp and, and who's yes. here fighting.
2: We might as well dive in. So uh we'll go we'll go uh first we'll quickly uh run through the gentlemen who aren't at camp and most of them are not at camp for good reasons. Uh Parker Bell uh was invited to prospect camp. Uh I believe he suffered uh, just a minor injury Amazing. in uh, in the WHL preseason. So he never he's the only person who didn't play a single game. At, uh, at Penticton. Uh, actually, and it was, I believe it was his injury that was the reason why they invited uh, Cooper Walker from Guelph to the, the team in the first place. So, you know, it's kind of fun. But uh, unfortunately, Parker Bell won't be at training camp. Uh, and hopefully he feels better because uh, he's going to be an important player for Tri City this year. Uh, also, not in attendance, and none of these names are surprising. Uh, college players are Senny Sergeyev, who's at UConn, Jake Boltman, who's at Notre Dame. Matt Coronado who's at Harvard, Dimitrios Comances, who's at uh, Arizona state. Josh Nodler uh, is now, at, and oh yeah, Josh Nodler is now at, uh, I believe Umass. He's at UMass, UMass, uh, UMass Amherst. Uh, Cade Lidler is, uh, he's an NCAA eligible player. So he's playing in the BCHL with the Wenatchee Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. They just finished up the preseason. They're getting going on the weekend. Uh, and of the college, the the European players are William Stromgren now of uh, Brynas in the Swedish Hockey League, and Topi Roni of uh, Tapara in the Liga. So those guys aren't there. Uh, it is collegiate players and European players entirely. They're yeah. European. They're, they're 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 getting ready for the seasons, and they're not you know they're not under contract anyway. So you wouldn't expect to see them. Uh, the tryout actually. The next next category we got is unsigned prospects Uh, unsigned prospects are guys who are on the flames reserve list who don't have contracts with the flames hold the rights. So these guys, there's five of them. There's Lucas Siona, Mm
3: -hmm. Jack
2: Beck, Cole Huckins, Cole Jordan, and Cameron. Why not? These guys will probably be around until the uh, three days past the weekend. I I, yeah, they,
3: that the was last year t- with two days, I think it was. Yeah, the,
2: the way it's set up is the, the Flames are playing the uh, the home-and-home home split squad game on Sunday. Two games mm-hmm. simultaneously. Uh, the game in Vancouver is on Sportsnet. For those of you asking, are any of the games to be broadcast? My understanding is the Calgary-based game will be broadcast on the radio on Sportsnet 960. The Vancouver-based game will be broadcast on TV on Sportsnet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be the Vancouver crew. That's the only preseason game that's going to be televised as far as I know. Uh, and I believe outside of that home game, the rest of the games are going to be broadcast on radio on 960.
3: So, and Sportsnet should have the feed on uh, Sportsnet now too, if you subscribe. Uh, I NHL, think so. I think NHL so. Live. Has been absorbed into Sportsnet now for Canadians. Uh, wondering, so if you're an NHL live subscriber like I was, you probably got an email and, and you can go. But that's a good. That's going to be the way to watch hockey without paying for cable this year, folks in Canada. Exactly. So, so yeah, those so those five
2: guys will probably be around until that uh, the Sunday games are over, and then they'll be sent back to where they came from. The exception might be Lucas Siona because uh, the Flames play in Tuesday, on Tuesday in Seattle. And Lucas Siona plays the Seattle Thunderbirds, so my guess is, if I'm a betting man, I would imagine unless he's terrible in camp, they have him play him for his. Sure. Yeah, they, he'd come to Seattle and he play for uh, play against the Kraken, and then they just leave him there. Uh, I, I, I can't guarantee anything, but if I were if I were trying to keep uh, a good prospect who just went to the WHL finals motivated, that's a nice way of doing it. I think it's and that it's, it that's the kind of things the Flames tend to do. Uh, The tryouts, there's eight players who have no contract whatsoever with the Flames organization and are not currently considered Flames property. And these are kind of the fun names. So we'll go – we'll start – let's go goaltenders out. Uh, So goaltender Brad Arvinitis, who is – he was the – he's actually – he has a fascinating story. So I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago. He was in Div 3 last year. He started the year in NCAA Div 3. And then signed with the Rapid City Rush. Played pretty well for the Rush. Uh, more likely than not, he'll be in a tandem this season in Rapid City with Daniel Chechulev. Uh, As far as I know, uh, Arvin is the only Div 3 player to ever go from Div 3 to an NHL camp. Or at least in Flames history, that happened. That's, mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. He's uh, he's raw, but he had really good numbers in Div 3. But Div 3. Uh, but, you know, he, he's in camp. Uh, Michael Stone's in camp on a PTO. Uh, Kelowna graduate, Jake Lee is aged out of the, uh, the WHL. He's looking for a place to play. So he'll, he's in camp. He's a defenseman, uh, Mm -hmm. Christopher Sidoff, uh, who's, who is in, uh, who is in camp, uh, from prospect camp. He Mm -hmm. was to try out plays for Red Deer, really good player. He sort of bounced around a lot. He's, he's here. Uh, the aforementioned Cooper Walker back from, uh, from prospect camp, as is Evan Bouchard from, uh, the Halifax Mooseheads who, uh, again, he's he's an interesting yeah, right. one because he played in, uh, in an Ontario junior A, and then uh, Halifax needed a guy, so they called him up midseason, and he ended up having a heck of a second half. Uh, he's probably going back as an overager, but he's around. Uh, the other PTOs, uh, guys you might have heard of, uh, are Cody Eakin and Sonny Milano. Cody Eakin, eh, he's, he's, he, if you're if you're someone who wants to read into jersey numbers, and I know who you are, Mike, but <laughs> if you're someone who wants to read into jersey numbers, Sonny Milano got 15 and uh, Cody can got 50. Uh, we're not saying that a low jersey number makes it easier for you to make the team. We're just putting that out there. It's, it's that Sonny Milano more readily f- fills the needs the Flames have, but, you know...
3: Who's well, the, Cody Eakin, he, there's a there's a competition. He provides competition for the fourth line roles. Like like he he provides a bar that you got to set if you want to be a fourth line guy. Like that's Walker Dewar territory. You know, Walker Dewar played games last year. If Walker Dewar wants to make the team this year, he, we have one game. He hey, the, hey
2: he played one more game than you and I played. So he,
3: he played a game in the NHL. Like that's no slouch, man. But like, that's the bar. You, you know, you've got to be consistently better than Brett Ritchie because they brought him in or Cody Eakin. And, like, that's the bar. If no one's better than Cody Egan, they sign Cody Egan. Like, that's how this is going to work. Exactly. Uh, They got
2: 10 guys on American League deals, guys who were going to be playing for the Wranglers, and got invited to camp, partially because, you know, in in previous years when the Flames had a firm team elsewhere, there was really no point in bringing some of these fringe guys in. They usually saved the the plane fare and just sort of kept them in their own markets, and then just sort of they started up. Like, say, you know, if Stockton had, like, 10 guys on AHL contracts – Maybe the best five would come to Calgary for camp just to you know to get the get get the taste. Uh, They're all here anyways. Yeah, they're here anyway, so they're all in 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 camp, and so as a result, there's fewer weird tryout players this year. Uh, But the guys on AHL deals are in no particular order: Brett Sutter, Alex Gallant, Lucas Folk, Mitch McLean, Calderbrooks, Matt Marcineau, Simon Levine, Rhett Reinhardt, Josh Brook, and Daniil Chechelev. Uh, Brett Sutter is, yes, the son of Flames head coach Daryl Sutter. Uh, all these guys, uh, Chechelev is a Flames pick. He's Flames property. Folk is Flames pick. He's Flames property. Josh Brook was formerly with uh, the Montreal organization. E- second round pick. He's got got some, uh, he's an interesting guy. So I don't think any of these guys will be getting NHL deals because as we will mention in a second, they have a lot of guys already on NHL deals. I think they want to maintain some flexibility, but yeah, they got 10 guys on AHL deals. And if, you know, some of them are, it's a combination of names you've heard of, names you haven't. It's some young guys, it's some old guys. Uh, I think they have a nice mix of of people and and types of players here. Uh, A decent number of these guys will probably be in Rapid City. For, uh
3: for a portion of the year so yeah we'll see east, east, east coast hockey league new affiliate uh no longer kansas city mavericks um but yeah they're they're good like they yeah, brett sutter is going to be a real good leader and he gets to like live back home with like close to his parents which i love uh but yeah i'm with young pike i don't i don't see many of them actually sticking around the only one that really has that crazy potential to stick around and actually maybe get an NHL deal might be Josh Brooke, 23 year old, high profile, right shot, big six foot seven. I think I'd have to look it up again. Uh defense he's, he's, he's
2: a big boy. And he's a right shot. I believe so.
3: Yeah. So we'll, we'll see that. Like you said, we've got 10, 11, 10 now. guys. Ten guys on one ways. Um, there's only and we'll well now we've we found out today Oliver Shillington will miss camp for personal reasons. Um he asked. He's gonna be late weeks. to camp. They were late they camp, were
2: yeah. vague about the timelines of it. So we'll see. It's at the very least, it opens up some time in camp in the preseason games for other guys. Uh we might as well dive the into guy? the 44 guys on NHL contracts. Let's see if my voice gives out. Let's do okay. let's do
3: the easy one first, place. Let's, let's do, do the goalies. Let's
2: do this by position. Uh so in goal, Jacob Markstrom, Dan Vladar, Dustin Wolf, Oscar Dansk. There One, are no three, surprises three, there. Four. I would be shocked if there's uh, if anyone put Markstrom and Vladar make the team. On defense, there are a bunch of guys: Noah Hannifin, Mackenzie Wieger, Oliver Shillington, Rasmus Anderson, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanov, Connor Mackey, Nick Malosh, Dennis Gilbert, Yusuf Alamacki, Colton Pullman, Nick Simone, Ilya Slavyov. Jeremy Poye and Ian Kuznetsov. Uh, there are a few guys that obviously have uh, the inside track. Uh, you know who you are: Hannafin, Weger, Schillington, Andersons, Adorov, Tanev. The the, the, the X factors are so Tanev. Uh, we asked Brad Living today. Tanev is expected to be a full participant. They're probably going to hold him out of preseason games to start, just like they did with uh, with Sean Monahan the year when Sean Monahan was coming off of his many many surgeries because there's no point in having, you know, Tanev getting up to speed and then having him get wrecked up in a preseason game. There's simply no point, but he's on the team. He's not going to, you know, by all accounts, he's not going to be uh, on LTI or anything like that. Uh, Shillington's an X factor. Uh, we were told he's uh, away from the team dealing with what was termed a personal family issue. Yes. Uh, and It was well, the only thing that's specified by Brad living is it's not substance abuse related uh, at times. The NHL clubs have used uh, language to talk around players' involvement in the NHL substance abuse program. Um, There's no harm in if if you have issues you have to deal with. There's no harm in doing them. Uh, Carey Price had to deal with those, I believe, last year. Still is Uh, Mm -hmm. he? Still is yeah. So you know, we're we're not here to speculate on what what Shillington's going through. All we know is what we were told it wasn't. And they did and, ask
3: for uh, privacy for Shillington as well. They said, so if you're, please,
2: if you're on social media, please don't speculate over it. There's no, nothing good will come of going. What does that mean? It means what they said. So we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, all the best, to Oliver Shillington. Uh, good, good kid, good player. Hopefully he's back soon. Beyond that, uh, there's some interesting names, you know, Mackie, Malosh, Balamaki." Are the guys kicking around potentially yeah. for a role? uh Those until, are the guys
3: fighting. Yeah.
2: Until the sun uh, expands and envelops the Earth, our assumption is that Michael Stone is going to be in contention for that seventh guy spot because he did it last year and he was really good at it. So, the defense, uh, who plays with who and who plays where, and you know who gets that seventh spot, will be an ongoing storyline for the Flames for forwards. Again, there's a lot of them. In no particular order, uh, uh, Jonathan <laughs> Huberdeau, Nazem Kadri, Blake Coleman, Andrew Mangiapani, Elias Lindholm, Tyler Defoley, Dylan Dubig, Michael Backlin, Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, Kevin Rooney, Matthew Phillips, Jacob Pelche, Cole Schwint, Walker Door, Martin Pospisil, Ben Jones, Adam Klapka, Emilio Peterson, Connor Zary, Brett Ritchie, Clark Bishop, Rory Karians, Elia Nikolaev, and Adam Razichka. I believe it's everybody. And I even remember Brett Ritchie. Good. Yeah, you and you didn't
3: even have because he just got out into the portal. Like <laughs> oh, I put him on this. I put him on,
2: yeah. Uh, I put him on in Eric Francis tweet. Oh, with franchise said it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You can usually take franchise to the bank except when you can't. But this time you could. Again, like uh, like the defense, you can sort of see there's some guys that seem pretty solidified, although who plays with who will be very much up in the air. Um, and then, you know, like there's some, let's be honest here. Uh, you're not going to spend eight. You're not going to bring in Trevor Lewis and not use him. How much does he play? I don't know. You're not going to sign Brett Richie to a one way and not use him. Although how much does he play? And if is
3: he, does he float up and down? I don't know. Um, yeah. That's, that's the one thing I want to mention about the Richie and the stone of it all uh, the minor league team being in Calgary makes this, makes this an easier decision. If you need to send these players to the minors, It's not like they have to uproot their life and move to California, their family, be away from their families. They could still be there at home. Um, Previously, before we come on, we did mention Richie's one way. And that means he's going to get paid the same money, regardless whether he's in with the Wranglers or the Flames. And
2: let's, let's, let's discuss an elephant room. So friends in the NHL, there's a thing known as escrow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, under the CBA hockey related revenues are split 50, 50 between the owners and the players. And the mechanism they use to make sure that they're splitting it 50-50 is escrow. So essentially to in a typical year, uh, you know, in a non-weird situation, they'll hold back 10 to 12% of, a, of each player's paycheck. And then at the end of the year, they audit the financial numbers and they go, oh, okay, you know, we forecasted correctly. So they give all the money back, or they forecast it a little bit down, so they keep some of the money. But anyway, escrow is essentially the holdback they use to make it 50-50. So here's the rub. Uh, there's no 50-50 split in the American League. Uh, American Leagues are are the American League, uh, aside from a few players that count uh, against the NHL cap, uh, it is simply, uh, you know, players are on an American League deal and the the NHL teams have a separate budget. It's not counted against the cap. Uh, That's why you see some teams, rich teams, we're looking at you, Toronto, who said that? Uh, But teams with high, teams with high revenue are able to spend uh, for things that aren't counted in the cap, like say, a lot of veterans for their farm team or a lot of scouts or a large analytics department or whatever. And so what happened, one of the benefits of the flames is they have the ability with a, a farm team in their own city to put guys, you know, through waivers and then send them down. And if you're say, let's just say Brett Richie, cause he's the easiest guy to, to discuss it about. Yeah. You, uh, he's making $750,000. And so if he's in the a- NHL, he gets seven hundred fifty dollars uh, outside of escrow uh if you're in the ahl there's no escrow so you're getting your, you're getting your money no matter what Full check right away. Bandit, i mean you know guys in the ahl tend to make a lot less uh Generally speaking, if you are on an entry level deal, you are making seventy grand. Some of the more senior AHL guys are on deals making about 100000 dollars, depending on the guy. Um, example, uh, was it? Uh, I believe. Make sure I get the number right because I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, but Adam Rzecica just signed a two way deal, and so he's guaranteed to make th- three seventy
3: five this year. So, yeah, regardless. yeah. No matter in the minors, they like after you've kind of established yourself as a semi pro, like someone who's played some games and and you can call up, they'll raise, they'll, you'll, they'll, they'll raise your AHL deal. His second year of his deal is a one way, though. Like the second, the second one, 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 one way at League Men. That's, that was a clever deal. That's
2: a, I that's gotta a say, to a spot. that's it's a, a tiny bit of business. Cause if you're, you know, let's elephant in the room, the Flames, they're not capped out, but they're close to capped out. Yeah. And, What's going to end up happening for the Flames is, and Brad really actually mentioned this, uh, our, our friend Donna Spencer from, uh, from Canadian Press, she, met, she asked the question uh, during the press conference about, hey, what's the benefit you know, what, uh, of having your farm team in town? And Brad, it was pretty interesting. Brad's first thing he mentioned was the cap benefits. And he said, first of all, the cap. Uh, and what he meant by that is, uh, so during the taxi squad year, uh many many moons ago two seasons ago 2021 yeah. i think it was yeah. yeah 2021 the so the the nhl had a taxi squad so it's essentially i believe it was five or six guys outside of your initial roster who can just, they're hanging around your team. They're the stay ready squad. Uh, uh, Daryl Sutter called it the stay ready squad. He did not like having an extra six guys kicking around, by the way. But the idea being like, in the event you had somebody, you get sick, get injured, whatever, you could bring somebody who was close by. You didn't need to worry about an international border and a pandemic uh, complicating getting human bodies in for your team. And so the Flames infamously uh, waived uh, Derek Ryan and then sent him down, and then just they called him up wherever they needed him, and they saved. I mean, they, he was on a, a decent deal, but they could they. I believe at the time you could bury about just over a million dollars of cap space in the in the AHL, and a million dollars prorated over however many days made a difference for the Flames. And so, if you're the Flames, you know you're by by the NHL's rules, you you have to have twenty players, active players, as in twenty players who are not on the injured reserve. 20 active players on your roster at any given time Uh, you dress 20 you dress two goaltenders and 18 skaters so you need to have as many guys on your active roster at any given point to field a team you can have up to 23 which means you have three roster spots that in theory you could park those guys in the american league until you need them call them up just for the game play them, and then send them down afterwards. And that's what the Flames and a lot of teams did during the taxi squad year. And I know you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, doesn't that kind of suck for the guys that go up and down? Yeah, it does kind of suck for them. But uh, if you're on a one-way deal, like Brett Ritchie is, like Michael Stone might be, I assume Michael Stone, if he signs, will be signing one way. A lot of these guys who are on the sort of, uh, you know, those, you know, the extra guys would be making their NHL money no matter where they go. Or they'd be... Like Adam Rosichko, where they have a minimum salary they're guaranteed. So if you're going to be playing silly games with a cap, you can build your gamesmanship into your contract structure of your guys. And if you're a team that is willing to spend $800,000 on a guy, whether or not he's on your roster, you know, and let's elephant in the room, uh, the Flames did, you know, the the Flames didn't do poorly financially last year after the playoffs. Uh, I think during the regular season, they probably weren't you know i'm sure they would have loved to have had better attendance throughout the year uh half houses and no concessions wasn't great uh and i think anyone that says oh the flames are doing rich you know i think that's a wild oversimplification because Mm. not pretty much I, i doubt very many nhl clubs made money the way they are used to and let's be honest uh it's not like you get into the NHL for making a crap load of money. You get into the NHL for any number of other reasons. But you know, well, it's, it's, a tough, game, baby. it's a time maybe it's a tough game. It's a tough business to operate because there's a ton of logistical issues, even in non-pandemic years. So, you know, I I I would imagine most NHL teams would love to forget the last couple of years. But playoffs, two rounds of playoffs, especially two rounds of playoffs against Edmonton, where you're selling lots of jerseys and lots of beer and the building's full and everyone's jacked up. And the especially Red now, line. especially Red now, Red uh, shout out to our friends in uh, the Flames merchandise department. They're going to be selling a crap ton of coffee jerseys and weaker jerseys and Huberdeau jerseys. All due respect to the departed players. They, they were, they've sold the, they, they had sold the, the Gaudreau jerseys. they were going to sell. But so the, anyway, that's a long way of saying if you're the flames and if you think that yeah. the difference between winning a Stanley Cup and having the depth to potentially win a Stanley Cup and not is having a Brett Ritchie as your flex forward up and down in the AHL mm-hmm. in a one way or Michael Stone or Nick Meloge or any number of other guys. I think, you know, based on the revenue you can probably make from three, four rounds of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure you're OK with eating a bit of a contract to have that body and yeah that's i think that's 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 not an insignificant piece of business but i think i think you know if you're the flames this is be a fascinating year
3: for how they manage the cap because they have so many things they could be doing if you are as serious as winning as calgary says they are then that little bit of financial hiccup is not Uh, not relevant not as relevant as it should be like if you're committed to winning you're willing you're willing to spend that extra money to put a veteran in the minors if and that's only if one of the bubble kids that are prove it like that they have to earn their spot with even if they don't man even if they like i
2: still think even if they end up signing sunny milano for a low low cost deal you're still going to be having some guys going up and down a lot this year like they'll be taking the bus from Winsport to uh, to play in the NHL quite a bit this year.
3: They'll anytime they need someone, it's going to be a lot easier to get them up. You've got guys that have their development year, like they they've had a full year of pro now uh, under their belt. That's Zari, that's Pelche, that's that's a lot of the younger kids that are expecting to take a jump. You've had Balamaki have an actual full healthy year in the minors, like a full healthy year which he needed um Mackey as well coming from college ranks like you've got a lot of guys that are right there on the bubble fighting for spots they're now into another professional season so yeah like it just makes everything easier all around it, just having the team here and and you know not to mention that you know you get to sell more jerseys to the locals. that helps too so yeah
2: and you know like the, it, you know I know I know like for for those of you wondering like how can they you know, you know, we we don't need to get into the logistics too much, but the idea being this: so if let's this way, the Flames and the Stampeders share a lot of business op, business side employees. They do, and so do the Flames and the Hitmen, and the you know adding the Wranglers in, like it makes the building a bit of a zoo. It means that you're going to have a lot of back and forth. Like even with just two teams, it was a bit of a bit hectic. But I mean, you know, you, you you're going to you're going to have some hockey ops people. You know, you need to hire like you know a separate coaching staff, training staff, those kind of things, and you know, things that you need every day. But you know,
1: cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: instead of spending instead of pr for example instead of having like three sets of pr staff you have one maybe you need to hire one extra person or somebody does a little bit extra work uh things like that so i think it's going to be really interesting to see how they manage that um it's going to be a fascinating year. There's a lot of a lot of weird things that could be happening. And okay, Shane, I am curious for you. Okay, what do you what are you, you know, when you're when the the preseason games get going on Sunday, what are you going to be watching out for, listening for, hoping to hear, see, taste whatever the
3: hell? I I want number one thing uh, that drives Calgary is their defense, and the defense needs to play that proper up-pace system. I was actually I was thinking today the way Calgary plays, if they get the puck back in their own zone, they need to make a very quick decision. Um, I was watching, I'm going to cross over some sports here. I was watching Monday Night Football, and, and the average quarterback, Jalen Hurts apparently is the holds the ball the longest. That's 3.1 seconds. So quarterbacks are getting the ball off really quick. It's the same thing with the defensemen when they get the puck in transition. You want that puck moved. You want it moved to a proper target, and you want to be able to move up ice. And I want to be able to see the defensemen continually push the pace back towards the opposition's end. So I'm really dialed in on the defense. I don't think we're going to see Caudry right away. Same thing that happened when Coleman came in, He sat out a lot of the games because he played a lot of hockey recently. Caudry just went through a brutal Stanley cup playoff where he had to have surgery on his hand. And
2: after. and now, and now he has to make sure he's got the, you know, the, the, the arm strength to carry that ring around.
3: Yeah. And, he, and so he, he's just, maybe he has a, a bunch oil. of problems
2: he's got to deal with.
3: So, but number one, first and foremost, I want to see the D, especially if you're going to make this roster as a defenseman, you need to be able to play that proper style of pace and be able to make the quick, right decisions. You, need, It's very important to be in the right spots and make the right choices. So that's what I'm looking for out of it. Specifically, I want to see how Weger does in the Sutter system. I have faith he'll be fantastic. But the bubble guys, the Mackie, the Valamackie, uh, even the Nick Malosh. Nick Malosh is an underdog here. He, he made Nick, a Nick Malosh of played uh, than about half the team.
2: season in the NHL last year. Nick, I yeah, mean Mal- okay on San Jose, but I mean, he, he's an NHL player. He's a good AHL or he's a good, he was a good uh, Came up through NHL player on a bad team. But I mean, there's plenty of players who cut their teeth on bad teams and then they get to go on good teams. That's, that's kind of how the system tends to work.
3: Yeah, well, will. And, and it's just a matter of it. sometimes it's situational fit some and and Sutter said it last year. He said just because you played minutes doesn't mean you played them right. You're not learning anything if you're playing 23 minutes a night and doing it wrong. You need to play proper minutes at the right style with the right guidance. And so a lot of these guys coming in might not. Be right there now. Florida played a very similar up tempo pace last year, which is why I think Weiger uh, and Huberto will be able to slide in easier than a lot of people think. Same with Colorado; those all those teams play that upper pace style. Uh, but the younger, like they said, those guys, those borderline Sunny Milano coming from the Ducks, you know, they they weren't exactly high flying competitive last year. Uh, and Columbus before that, they weren't exactly super competitive. They were playing the John Torts trap system back when he was in Columbus. So. Kim, he's going to be very interesting. I want to see what he can do with decent line mates, with defensive line mates. Where's he going to slot in? His his number one thing he brings is his passing ability. He he had great metrics right up there with Johnny Gaudreau and Robert Thomas last year, who are two of the best passers in the league. He was right there with them in terms of passes to the slot. And he had a guy there, a young guy. You might hear, heard of him. He's on the cover of the new EA sports game, um, Trevor Zegers. He was feeding the puck a lot. And now he's going to have... Three great centers lining up in front of him, no matter who he plays with, to be able to dish the puck to, it's going to be interesting to see. Here's the, here's the thing I'm kind of interested
2: in, and I think you sort of touched on it. So uh, all due respect to the departed players, uh, I think swapping out Eric and Branson for uh, <laughs> for Mackenzie Wiegers is an upgrade. And I think more importantly, it sort of upgrades the the third pair because you're going to have someone who's probably playing the second pair or higher last year, slide down and, and play with uh, uh, Nikita Zidorov, regardless of who he ends up playing with. And mm-hmm. so I think one of the challenges is, so the, the Flames have tended to do what we okay, uh, affectionately call the three and four, the third pair, fourth line group. And mm-hmm. the worst combination of players for uh, possession metrics last year was the Three slash four, the fourth line third And third pair, pair. pair, because it's just Their transition game's not as good, and it's not as Good because, all due respect to the players they, You know, you're playing with the Worst pair of defensemen And it's the worst pair of forwards Because if you were better At, at transition hockey, you are probably be playing high in the Rotation, so the thing yeah. that, it, The thing that I'm curious about is, let's just, let's just Say it's Chris Tanev, I don't think it'll be Chris Tanev But let's just, for the sake of illustration, say it's Chris Tanev Chris Tanev for example, being on the third pair, how much will that improve the transition game? Because Tanev was really good last year at efficiently
3: moving the puck up. He'd get the retrievals and then boom up the wall of the route. The re- and the retrievals he's high on, like tops of the leagues and being able to get the puck like after dump ins, and he's one of the highest anyways. And
2: so and so even the and so there's gonna be new personnel. And so you know it'll be Lucic who knows the system and Rooney who needs to learn it and maybe Schwent, maybe, you know, probably Lewis, probably any combination, but there'll be a combination of new and old players playing on that third pair and and the, the fourth line. And I'm I'm just curious how, like the thing I'll be watching for is how does that group improve? Because, you know, if the idea is you're using some slightly different personnel, maybe, maybe Adam Rzichka, I assume we'll see Adam Rzichka that in that role at some point, but it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how, they improve that a little bit. Cause if the idea is, I think, uh, I think, uh, Daryl Sutter commented, I think it was Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl commented, uh, in that nice flames TV feature, cheap plug, uh, the folks at flames TV did a fantastic yes. video feature. Yes. A couple of them actually, uh, they went to Daryl Sutter's farm and just hung out with them. And so it's good. It's just good stuff. If you have, if you have time after you finish listening to this podcast, Go over to uh, the Flames TV, check it out. It's fantastic. But one of the things that Daryl mentioned is sort of like the idea that you got to get 10% better. And so, everyone. yeah, everyone. So the idea is, what does 10% better look for that, for that third group? I mean, it just means spending a little bit less time, maybe 10% less time in your zone. And if you improve your transitions a little bit, like slightly better retrievals, less passes that sort of die inside the blue line and come back your other way. Because I think the Achilles heel of the Flames in the past has been overly aggressive to the point of being sloppy clear outs that led to yeah. scoring chances against, but we saw it. And, and I think if you look at the Edmonton series, I, I know, uh, you know trigger warning, everybody, if you look at the, of the Edmonton series and look at it from a clear eye perspective, there's a lot of things that say, okay, what happened on this goal? Well, there's some goals where the Flames simply couldn't get clear exits or they got beat out to a puck or they got, didn't get beat out to the puck, but they lost a battle once they got there. Those kind of things. If you win a little bit more of those, then that's huge. And, you know, I, I think that might be the secret to the secret sauce this year for the Flames, because, you know, if you spend a little bit less time in your own end, then it's a little bit less wear and tear on your Tanevs, your Shillingtons, your Andersons, your Uyghurs. The, you know, I think the lifeblood of the team will be the defensive health and the defensive depth. And if you yeah. can have them spending a little bit less time getting balked around by big dudes in their own zone come April, May, June, uh, they have a little bit more left in the tank, and that
3: could make a huge, huge difference. And they've got more, and they, that's the other thing, they've got more personnel for the fourth line now. Like like last year, it was pretty much just the same three guys. This year, they now that they've added Rooney, okay, now we've got a natural center that can play there. Right but, even um, last year, like
2: who who they who they had they had well, they it was, had Louis It was Luchich. Luchich. They it was had Louis and Luchich sometimes. Sometimes Carpenter. Sometimes Rizichka, Sometimes Harvey Richardson. Carpenter. But it was always always uh, seventeen and uh, twenty two, and then a yeah. rotation of third guys.
3: Yeah, and and it was uh, whoever's on the strong side. Richie, or wasn't, uh, sorry, Lewis or Lucic, they were the face-off guys. you got to remember, Lucic is still a face-off guy. He still plays wing, but he still takes the draw. He's not
2: bad at it either. He's, he's actually pretty, he's pretty good.
3: good at it. It's actually a little hidden talent of the little big man there. But they're, I, I'm, I'm, I'm avidly out of the box from a lot of people. I think the fourth line plays a different role. They play a different job, different style, and they're not supposed to play like everybody else. Now, the one thing I want them to improve on is their possession. I want them to keep the puck more. I want them to win yeah. those races more. And that's the 10% I think you're talking about. Those guys need to be able to push them back in behind the net, maintain possession. So then when they change and Huberto comes out, the puck's already in the offensive zone for him. He doesn't need to get it in there. That's, yeah. that's the 10% I, I want to see better.
2: I, I would say this. They have a different style, but they need to play the same system. And I think the challenge was at times they didn't look like they were playing the same system as often as the other guys were. And I no. think – I think, And I no, think that's what the 10% no. is. I think the 10% for those guys is if they can be a little more seamless, a little more integrated into what the team is doing, then, because let's be honest, yeah. I mean, Michael Backlund plays a different style of hockey than Lindholm. He yeah. has a different yeah. role. So it's like, as long as you're playing, you know, it's it's like an orchestra. They're, they gotta be in the same band. You can play the tuba and play the the, the cymbals and play the, the tambourine or whatever. As long as you're playing... On the same piece of These music, days, it sounds good. Yeah. But I think too often with the fourth line, it was like they are playing a completely different sheet of music than everybody else. Not too often. I thought they were pretty good, especially you know in the middle third of the season. I thought they, were, you know, they ended up coming. to – I think one of the things, one of the reasons we're talking about Adam Izikka as a potential NHLer come uh, come October thirteenth is because he was so good in that middle third of the season. You know, I, I think his game kind of fell off a little bit the longer he was in the NHL. But I, I thought he was really, really good in two out of three zones. And I think, you know, much like the other guys, if he can sort of figure out a little bit more of his defensive zone play and his play away from the puck, you know, th- they for have a lot of options.
3: Play on the boards. For me, for me it was Razichka being able to just keep possession. He's big and he's lanky. and you're, It's easy for you to get in underneath and get the puck from him if he's if he doesn't have it properly shielded. He needs to just be a little better on the boards and the puck protection, especially like that's what we're talking about. We want to keep the puck these guys we want to get the puck deep they're never going to carry it they're too slow i'm sorry you are uh dump it in we got to get it on the forecheck and then keep it down there so that's that's but again if we're arguing about the fourth line logistics like like, let's be real the the game's won or lost with the other guys the top the top guys they need to be able to put the puck in the net they need to capitalize on the opportunities they create and it's going to be interesting because we can speculate like we have all summer, but in t- it, it, Brad said it. We'll see. We need to see who lines up with which center. And Sutter made a nice comment this summer. Uh, Eric was uh, interviewing him. Eric Francis did an interview with him on the Francis Fridays, I believe it was, and he asked what role Ma- Montepanini was going to play. And Daryl straight up said, "Well, that depends on which center he plays with. Like it, 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 it's the center that matters, and and we got a coach that knows it, and so." You know, like, like we always look, okay, Lindholm's a shutdown guy and a center. Backlund's a premier shutdown guy. Kadri is an unreal possession player. Like that's, that's the, what people don't understand about him. He is a killer at keeping the puck down low and keeping the puck on his team stick. And if he can work in conjunction with the D, it works even better, but you're going to need a winger to play with each one of those guys that understands what center wants to do at any given time. And that might be different than what we think on paper. And that's the, we talked about what I wanted to see out of the defense. That's what interests me the most in the forwards camp. That's what I'm going to watch when I'm watching the center. I'm going to, when I'm watching the forwards, I'm looking for the center and I'm looking for what the wingers are doing in conjunction with the center. So,
2: yeah, I got, we'll, we'll get into, let's just get into what do we want to see? Like, what's our wish list? things we want to see things we could be excited to see in the preseason. I'll put, I'll put out something and it's something that I didn't expect to want to see. So, I really loved Adam Klapka in Penticton. He was the I revelation for me, in Penticton. I did not expect him to be that good. And granted, he's a twenty two year old six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pound dude. So you would expect Incredible. him to play against a bunch of younger guys who are smaller than him that he would stand out. And he did. So good for him. Adam Clapka this is this is nothing but a love zone for Adam Clapka. This is a love yeah. in for Adam Clapka. Here's what I want to see. And I didn't think I'd want to see this until I saw it. So, I want to see at some point in the preseason if a line of Lucic, Martin Pospisil, and Adam Klapka. The, Pospisil can play center, and Lucic can take faceoffs. And if, you, if the idea is you want, you know, Klapka, Klapka's a big dude, he uses his size well, he didn't, he didn't really play mean yet. But it was also yeah, he a, it was also aggressive. a rookie tournament, so you know I don't really think that's his role quite yet. But I don't think and, any and, of them
3: I, were as aggressive as they needed to be. I think they were all.
2: Yeah, I think that either dipping their toe in the pool. I get it. Yeah. But if you're if you know Milan Lucic might be the the best guy to teach some younger guys about how to tow that line, how to use your size effectively without being a complete goon about it. And imagine, like, uh, Martin Pospisil is low key one of my favorite prospects in the organization because he's got good numbers. He just doesn't stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, if he had any kind of injury luck, he's got terrible luck right now. If he had better luck, he'd only have merely bad luck. He's got to- terrible luck. So he's, he's owed a bit of health, a bit of good luck yeah. injury wise. But imagine, imagine Pospisil is a big dude who can ba- crash and bash. Lucic, he, he's made his career crashing and bashing.
3: Let Lucic coach him and go past still Razicka Klapka because Razicka six foot four. We forget about that. And That's I want him true. I want him to be sure. a little more physical as well. So well, although if you could go, if Lucic, we're, if we're talking Lucic.
2: about just pure four checkers, guys that don't really have much beyond, bam, they're a good four checker, Brent Ritchie's right there. And I, I thought one of the more effective third fourth lines they ran with last year for a good chunk was mm-hmm. Lou Ruzichka, and they had uh, they were rotating Lewis and uh, and and uh, Richie in that role. But yeah, I think I think if the idea is the difference between some of these kids being in the system longer or being in the NHL for spurts and not is their ability to sort of play that sort of physical up tempo four-check style. They have a lot of guys who have the ability to teach them and all due respect to the guys that are in the system, you know, Brett, Trevor Lewis has made a living, made a damn yeah. good living being just a good four checker. Does he have, does he have, does he have tippity top skill? No, but he works his ass off and he's the kind of guy who makes the guys on his line work as hard as he is. And Brett Ritchie, you know, you can say what you want about what he isn't, what he is, is he's, you know, I was, I was joking with, uh, I think I was talking with Pat uh, or someone else the other day uh, and the, the, here's my description of Brett Ritchie. He'll, he'll play 40 games. He'll score two really nice goals and you won't notice him for months at a time. But that's the whole point of a fourth that's line. A he's thing. just he's just barreling at guys, and Lucic does the same kind of thing. Except Lucic has arguably a higher skill ceiling, so he scores more nice goals than Brett Ritchie does. But if the idea is you want to get Posmosil to be a full timer, you want to potentially get Rizicca, any number of these guys. Walker Door is another dark horse for me. They have so many of those guys that can come in and sort of play that. You know, fourth line, maybe 3.5, fifth line, if you don't mind your fourth line, your third line being a little bit low on skill temporarily due to injury.
3: Uh, I have a lot of options. I'm glad you brought Klapka. Klapka made a fan of I me, mean, I, like, originally, I saw it, I looked at his statistics, I hadn't really watched him skate, and I was like, oh, this is Hunter Smith-like thing, right? Like, like, it's just a big guy that they want to see what he does. Uh, I, believe, and-
2: I believe our, our, our dear friend, uh, editor, permanent editor emeritus, uh, Kent Wilson, once used the term coke machine to describe yeah. that type of player. Keegan Kanzig's another one of those where yeah. dudes that are big and dudes that are good beca- at lower levels because they're big. But- and they don't
3: really develop skills beyond being big because they don't have to then when as soon as the rookie game started he was not a step back his skating was not any slower he was originally playing with zari i think to start and i noticed he was going step for step with him up the ice and i was he like it's
2: with uh okay. Zari and uh, uh, uh Patterson for a bit. peterson for a bit and yeah. then
3: and then this bugger is in the corner and he comes out with a slick toe drag out of the corner and backhands it on net and i'm like wait you got hands too yeah, you're six and, foot eight, and I mean, you're not supposed to was, have. There was two goals in the ahead. Winnipeg
2: game that were scored as a result of him going. Okay, I'm gonna go stand up for the goalie now, and yeah, it's like having away. a brick wall in front of you.
3: How do you, how do you if you're a goalie? How do you look around that guy? Like like the Bruins for years kept putting Chara sporadically in front of the net, and he's a defenseman. Take take the friggin' six foot eight guy that's an actual forward already, John Scott sized, but with better hands, and put him there, and then you might actually get to clear up a few more rebounds on the power play. Adam Klapka interests the heck out of me, and I do want to see him on a power play unit in the Wranglers this year. I, I you, wanna... you might see him on a power play unit in the NHL preseason
2: because yeah. like yeah. The, well, there's, like there's there's makes sense. he has so many tools, and you know there's plenty of guys that have tools but no toolbox. But so far, granted, based on three games against under tw- you know uh, <laughs> twenty two and under of pretty the, much of the Western Canadian prospect pool, uh, you know he he impressed. And
3: he was in a position
2: to be impressive.
3: So He didn't look lost. He didn't look completely yeah. lost. There was a couple of plays like Lucas Siona and stuff. He was just throwing – there was occasionally he was in the corner. He'd throw pucks out. Right?
2: You and I, my friend, have watched a lot of hockey, a lot of good hockey and a lot of bad hockey. There's two phrases, the same phrase for different ways that can mean good or bad things. The, what the hell is this kid? And the, who the hell is this kid? Yeah, We got more of the – We got, oh, got more guy. of the oh, – yeah, like, guy. you know, there's – so yeah. I. I, I think it's. I think it's gonna be really interesting to to see how he does. Uh, Christopher Seadoff is the other one. Set off yeah, I apologize, we'll really I like got like your him. name wrong, sir, because you played really well in the tournament. And uh, cool. Mike Gould on Twitter was uh, very adamant that the Flames should bring him to camp. And granted, I don't think they listened to Mike. I think they're bringing him to camp regardless. He's but, bladed
3: the talking. He's bladed the talking.
2: Yeah, and he was. He, you know, he was very good for the Rebels uh, last year. He was good for. Uh, he played in Liga in his home in, in his home of Finland uh, during the pandemic 2021 season. And then the year before he was uh, up uh, with the rebels as an import. So he's had, he's hasn't been drafted because he sort of bounced around a bit, but he's really intriguing because like, he's got the size, he's got the mobility. He pucks on that. And again, he was, he impressed in a situation where he was, you know, you, you guys who have some skill in kind of muck and grind September hockey, especially the first two Weeks of September, when guys are getting their legs under them, it's easier to be impressive. I really want to see if he gets in any preseason games because I think there might be something there. And granted, the Flames have a hundred thousand defensemen listed. I almost blew out my voice listing all the defensemen they have under various levels of contracts. But he's the kind of guy where you know he could go back to the Rebels as an overager, or you can maybe you know, like you want to sign him and put him in Stockton or calgary wranglers uh do you want to sign him and maybe tuck him in rapid city and have him go nuts there they have a lot of different options at their disposal and you know like brad brad for living said if uh, you know he said you know uh, in response i think uh, a question i asked him about uh, a lot of different guys they have at various levels and, and potential depth he's he's like you know they're, they're interested in winning at various levels they want to live, win the ahl level too and if you're someone they think can help them they're going to find a way
3: to keep you yeah yeah oh agree completely there. Um, I think camp, if we're going to talk about how camp's going to go, I think, uh, after the split squad games, anyone aged 20 and under that's eligible for junior is sent to junior, uh, partially because the coach said last year, if you're a junior age player, you go back to junior and try to win a championship. Uh, it's his philosophy. And I don't think that's gonna, I don't think we have any 19 year olds that are going to change his opinion on that. And then, then though, that like, that's Sunday. I think that takes us to Sunday. Yeah, so The split squad games on Sunday, the twenty fifth, and then yeah. they have
2: uh, another game in Seattle on the twenty seventh.
3: Yes. Yeah, so after that game, I'm very curious who they keep, because after that, if it, if it's like last year, the only people that are going to still be around after that are going to be the guys that have a shot. They they they're pretty typical at okay, everyone gets a game or two, and then we're we're trying to set up for camp, we're trying to set up for the season. And, and so- at a
2: certain point, they're going to curve off the the Wranglers guys and mm-hmm. sort of assign them to win Wrangler's camp will start yeah. up pretty
3: like we usually a week after NHL camp a to 10 camp
2: days camps. so maybe yeah. maybe like end of neck know, in like you know at the end of after next weekend I think yeah 10 days in
3: I think right around October 1st I think you're going to be looking and in, getting into Wrangler's time mm-hmm. so so that um the one thing I want to see out of the forward group more than anything is I want to see Dylan Dubé take a step I want to see I want like that's that could be a huge besides all of the new additions up front the x-factor if Dylan Dubé takes a step we've all been waiting for him to take it'll put Calgary into a really really good spot because if he can become a consistent 20-goal threat then they they have it's just another weapon they have on the wing uh, with their already deep centers so Dylan Dubé of, of the existing players that uh, are coming back that have played full seasons for the Flames is the guy I want to see take the biggest step. And I have faith he can do it. His skill's there. The skill is there. I see it. But it's got to come together every night. So that's what I'm thats what i hoping for.
2: And I think that'll about do it. I think, Shane, next week, let's do a, a mid-preseason a mid or a mid-camp mailbag. Uh, we'll go Ooh. out on Twitter. We'll go, you know, those are always fun. So uh, if you're following us on Twitter, social, whatever, send, uh, and Shane and I will both separately do calls for questions a couple days out. Uh, mm-hmm. I might start doing it on uh, after I do our after I do our regular website mm-hmm. mailbag. I'll do a, a Monday one, mailbag.
3: and then on Tuesday I'll go. Well, let's do a series
2: of mailbags, never never ending mailbag. But I think you know once we get some preseason games in, I think people will get real curious about a lot of specific things, and that's that's kind of the fun thing because you know we've been in the we'll see mode for what two months basically since oh, yeah. since the since the the guts of the roster got impl- got exploded. Uh, and then rebuilt. It's been, we'll see. Well, we are going to see. And there's going to be, yeah. you know, I think uh, I post on Twitter the Flames between uh, now and the end of October, or the, the between now and the end of September, rather, The Flames play five preseason games.
3: Like, so I, in,
2: in the next nine days, nine or 10 days, they play, you know,
3: five preseason games.
2: They I'd rather. Run
3: I'd rather watch a thousand preseason games than watch what my Minnesota Vikings did on Monday against Philly. So I am geared up and ready to go. <sighs> See, this
2: is this is why I never I never had the emotional emotional uh, bandwidth for the NFL because I just I just can't handle getting kicked in the stomach like that. I, I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm used to getting kicked in the stomach.
3: Yeah, no, I that was.
2: Anyways. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> while, while, we we can revel, <laughs> while we revel in Shane's misery, we might as well wrap up. Uh, Flames station Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and by Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Chariot Flames. Shane and I, and maybe a special guest, will be back in a week where we talk about any number of things and we take your questions and your comments. And then Shane and I make faces at each other on Zoom and uh, hope that... There's interesting things, hockey things to talk about because that's what you're here for, uh, for Shane, I'm Ryan. Thank you very much for listening and watching. Uh, please, if you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or the YouTube channel, subscribe, comment, like, uh, especially if there's stuff you like let us know we'll do more If there's stuff you don't like well we'll just ignore your comments but maybe we'll get better at things who knows uh it's been a year of this it's been really fun and we're looking forward to making year two of flames nation radio even better we have a lot of fun things in store so uh stay tuned and thank you again for listening watching commenting subscribing uh poking prodding hurling things at us hopefully compliments but also constructive criticisms for shane and ryan have a great week guys